0: and Kristen. We are here at the top of this, a brand new podcast, to tell you that before there was an episode one of The X-Files covering the pilot, there was in fact an episode zero. Honestly, this sounds like an X-File in itself.
1: (laughs) That's right. We're going to crack the case right here in this tiny little (laughs) ad. Last week, we did a very special live taping where we sat in Jenny's studio together. Can you believe it? Together (gasps) in Maine. And I made all of my predictions for what I think will happen in the television series, The X-Files, a show I have never before seen.
0: I asked Kristen for her theories and also found out if she could tell the difference between comic book villains and uh, X-Files
1: characters slash case files. I didn't do that bad. Uh, Honestly, I was impressed. Thank you. Thank you very much. I owe it all to you and Joanna Robinson for educating me (laughs) in nerddom. Also, Frank wore a UFO costume. So
0: that's true. And he looked great doing it. Mm -hmm. The recording of the live event is available only until April 2nd, and you can access it by going to bufferingcast.com slash stream. Get yourself an eyeful of us
1: and Frank. We're also wearing costumes.
2: We are. Do you believe in the existence of extraterrestrials? Logically, I would have to say no.
0: Given the distances needed to travel from the far reaches of space, the energy requirements would exceed a spacecraft's
2: capabilities. Conventional wisdom. If you know this Oregon female, she's the fourth person in her graduating class to die under mysterious circumstances. Now, when convention and science offer us no answers, might we not finally turn to the fantastic as a plausibility?
0: That's The E-X-Files, a buffering rewatch adventure where we are watching and discussing every episode of The X-Files one by one, spoiler free. I am Jenny Owen Youngs, ex-wife of Kristen Russo,
1: and I grew up watching The (laughs) X-Files. And I'm Kristen Russo, ex-wife of Jenny Owen Youngs, and I've only seen one episode of The X-Files. Today, we're talking about season one. Episode one, Pilot.
0: Pilot was written by Chris Carter, directed by Robert Mandel, and originally aired on September 10th, 1993.
1: A long time ago. Mm -hmm. This is the one, according to IMDb, where agent Dana Scully is instructed to debunk an FBI project dubbed The X-Files, paranormal cases that have been reopened by agent Fox Mulder. Beep boo beep boop
0: <laughs> We are working with God's gift to production and uh the one super being who knows all about the history of television, producer LaToya Ferguson, the flower of our hearts. Truly. LaToya is also watching the series for the first time. Just like me. But LaToya is very scared. <laughs> Uh, So for listeners who are also scared, if you lean scared, Latoya is going to be giving us a scary rating that we'll share with you at the top of every episode. So you you know how many fingers you can peek between as you (laughs) watch the screen or if you have to keep your fingers all the way together in front of your eyes. Latoya gives Pilot two and a half out of five gray metallic implants on the scary scale and uh two of those points go to billy's creepy ass and the remaining 0.5 of those points go to the markings the telltale uh twin red bumps Ah.
1: i mean honestly like we i know we just hopped off of the vampire train but i was surprised nobody suggested vampires for these markets i know right <laughs>
0: just... Mulder. i mean while you're there you're in for a yeah. goose you're in for the gander what do people say you're in for a penny you're in for a pound The two the
1: girl with two pennies jenny that's what they say they say that girl yes. she's always got two pennies
0: yep that's what they say uh Latoya also notes. I also believe Mulder doesn't know what mosquito
1: b- bites look like, okay. which is fair. Which is fair. Honestly, they don't look like mosquito bites. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure that Scully's fine, but they didn't look like mosquito bites to me. No. Um. Wow. Well, Jenny. Here we are. Here we fucking standing are. Standing right at the very
0: at the ra- on the razor's edge, uh, just <laughs> gazing out into the yawning abyss of yet another many-seasoned 90s More. genre television show of iconic proportions. More. What is
1: it? 200 and... What did I say? Just enough.
0: Uh, there are just enough. So many. There are simply enough episodes.
1: And, like, you know, it's a particular thing to start this podcast, because when we started buffering the Vampire Slayer, we were like doo doo and now like we're like okay so wow we were like dupa ba doo ba doo into talking about a television show and then like a million things in our life happened and changed and shifted six years past and there we were as like two completely different people so I feel like starting this right now I'm like very aware you know I'm just like whoa mm-hmm. what is gonna mm-hmm. happen what will uh, what will unfold in the next 14 years of our lives <laughs> Uh,
0: only time will tell. Hopefully, neither of us will be abducted.
1: That's true. All right, so I guess we should start at the beginning, which is um, a title card that says that this, Jenny, was inspired by actual documented accounts.
0: Yeah, okay, so a couple things. <laughs> uh, before, we, before we get that card, we get the X-Files logo. Mm-hmm. And no credits and no theme music. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. We'll have those in the next episode and we can talk about them then. I can't wait. Now, this the following story is inspired by actual documented accounts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Card was partially included due to Fox Network's desire for the show to be portrayed as realistically as possible because reality TV was one of the most popular kinds of TV at the time. Uh, the real world was going strong on MTV. And actually, Fox had a show called Sightings... Which uh, started in 1991, which was a paranormal-focused news show.
1: That news show. That sounds very familiar, actually, sightings. Uh, Clearly, the real world. What is the real world in maybe season two? The real world was 1992, their first season. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Um. Wow. It reminded me, too, of, like, I mean, I'm not a person who's seen a lot of procedural shows, but I feel like procedural shows and, like, all of that always are, like, inspired by actual events. It's like one time a woman was Ripped assaulted from the headlines. by a man. <laughs> this, this is taken from that story. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Very loose. Uh,
0: yeah, there's something, there's some kind of appeal. There's some kind of added appeal Uh. when you get that... <laughs> When you get that overlay of, like, this kind of sort (laughs) of happened. And, you know, this was 1993. Like, there wasn't a ton of this kind of stuff on television. And there wasn't, like, the internet was, like, just getting started. So, like, you know, it felt... (laughs) I feel like
1: this show felt a lot
0: scarier. <laughs> you you couldn't uh, Google X
1: Files based on what question mark uh, do Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. When I read that the network wanted that included, uh, it reminded me of the Blair Witch Project, which didn't come out until 1999. So we're still six years away from that. But it's sort of like for those of you who weren't members of the movie going public at the time that The Blair Witch Project was released, it was marketed as a documentary. Part of the marketing plan involved missing posters featuring those those actors. (laughs) Uh, It was a whole thing. And the internet, again, was still just like kind of getting going. So it wasn't like you could definitively find debunking sources. Yeah, I mean... uh, Which added this whole extra layer to how uh, creepy and disturbing that movie was at the
1: time. Totally. I'm pretty sure that I thought it was real like I'm pretty sure that maybe not for the entire time but like there was at least a window of time where I was like I can't believe they found this footage you know like this is fucking crazy we live in a wild time um yeah
0: I went into the first time I saw it in the theater I went in thinking that like 80% that it was like legit which is
1: now looking back absolutely (laughs) ridiculous (laughs) Um well maybe a lot of the viewing public really thought that there was a scully and a moulder um literally I would have in 1993
0: Well I feel like I feel like um I don't know if this is just a my household situation but when X-Files hit you know up there right up there with um my biggest concerns of like lava, earthquakes, you know, my house burning down um <laughs> being convicted of a crime i didn't a murder i didn't commit um (laughs) was ufos and and being abducted by aliens like it was it felt like it was everywhere in the culture again maybe i was just in more of a sci-fi heavy household but like i was very concerned and like definitely absorbing a lot of this kind of story and very freaked out about
1: What could happen? (laughs) No, I was not in a sci-fi household at all, and I definitely was very aware of the possibility that I might be abducted by aliens. I think that that was, like, massively in culture in the United States in the early 90s. Massively. Um also this is not alien related but watching this so I was not a person who watched Twin Peaks I mean clearly I wasn't a person who watched Twin Peaks when it was on I mean I think it was cancelled in 1991 so I was only 11 but I didn't watch it until fairly recently um and I just re-watched some of it and watching that right next to re- re-watching the pilot of the x-files I was like wow there's a lot of similarity between these two shows like we're but we're in the same area of the country there's a dead girl in the opening there's you know what I mean like it just had like Mm. very very similar vibes which is interesting given the fact that Twin Peaks although now it's like a cult classic it it didn't last for very long
0: yeah yeah uh you've also got David Duchovny in Twin Peaks yes and we'll see some some folks some other cast members coming over uh in future episodes as well uh Kristen my number one takeaway from this episode is that I don't ever want to be a girl in a nightgown stumbling <laughs> through the woods at night. And I don't ever want to enter a swirling vortex while I'm being approached by a mysterious silhouette. No, thank you. I mean, Unsubscribe.
1: Listen, listen, this is nothing against folks who wear nightgowns, but like I just never want to be in a girl in a nightgown. Because honestly, I feel like wearing a nightgown ups your chances of something terrifying happening to you by like at least 50%. That's my math.
0: Yeah. Yes, um, I feel like pants much better at keeping out. I don't know bugs or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, bugs, I aliens. Feel like when at a time in my life when I was sleeping in nightgowns, another one of my biggest concerns was uh, bugs in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I had one dream one time that a witch was putting <gasps> bugs. No, no, no offense to our witch listenership. But, uh, you know, I was young and impressionable yeah. and then a witch was putting bugs into the the foot of my bed, like lifting up the comforter oh, and just it's putting like, bugs uh, by my feet.
1: I feel like you've told me that, uh, like told me and also like perhaps the buffering listenership about that once before and it still really knocked me the fuck over. I don't like it. Sorry. Did you wake up or did you have to just like sit there with the bugs in your nightgown?
0: I never woke up, Kristen. This is all the last, Come the last on, six man. years and
1: beyond <laughs> have all been but a dream. Poor Latoya made it through the fucking first episode of the X Files, uh, the television show, and now the Ex Files. We're gonna fucking terrify her in here too. Get out of here. Well, all right. So yeah, there's a girl in a nightgown, and this is Billy, right? By the end, we fa- this Billy that's coming into the woods. Yes,
0: that's. That's Billy,
1: Billy White Light and Karen. That's uh, how we open, and she is killed. But Billy, Billy goes back to um, the psych hospital where no one notices that he's been out walking around in the forest.
0: Yeah, the next morning she's found by uh, local officials, Detective Miles and Coroner Truitt. <laughs> uh, Detective Miles recognizes her as Karen Swanson. And uh, s- notes that she went to school with his son. And coroner Truitt says, oh, "Class of '89, it's happening again." Uh, so it- alerting us, the audience, that this is not an isolated incident. Yeah.
1: Rut row is right. Um, I was a class of '98, which is the if you just flip those numbers around, you know that's correct. <laughs> Good num- good numbers, Kristen. Um, okay, two questions for you, Jenny. One, Detective Miles. This is the same person who also introduces himself as the sheriff, right? Is the sheriff the detective? Is that one and the same?
0: Uh, I believe he actually says he's with the sheriff's department. Oh,
1: okay, okay, okay. Um, and the second thing that I wanted to talk about in this scene, apart from clearly the two marks are... It's always nosebleeds. I feel like no matter what genre, I mean, not no matter what genre, but like we're in horror, we're in sci-fi. Like, what is it about a fucking nosebleed that it like, why is it the thing? I mean, I know that it's the probe here, the the thing the what do you call it? You know, the little metal guy that's maybe mm-hmm. causing the nosebleeds. Yes. But still, like what? I just feel like there's something in, in our brains, the, no pun intended, that like makes a nosebleed especially terrifying.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's literally because it's so close to our
1: brain. There's like a signal of death.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a,
1: a looming <laughs> of threat. All the, of all the places you want to bleed from, maybe your brain yeah. is lowest on the The list. farther
0: away you're bleeding uh, from your brain, mm-hmm. the probably better. the better. The better. Okay. Let's go, if we dare, to FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., where... Special Agent Dana Scully is reporting for duty. Get a load of these glossy auburn locks, this suit, the shoulder pads. She's ready to play some football.
1: Jenny, I refer to this in my notes as the jacket heard round the world. (laughs) I fair this now I've only seen one episode I do know that Scully wears multiple uh, suit jackets but I just cannot imagine that she will top this one this is a jacket that is five times the size of her body (laughs) Jillian Anderson like my most recent memory of Jillian Anderson is watching sex education and I don't know if she was always in heels or what but when I saw her standing next to David Duchovny I was like she's so little she's five three you said five foot three uh, she's
0: 5'3". According to the internet, she's 5'3", and David is six foot. Uh, we will see, or perhaps not see, but be generally aware as we move through the series of the Scully Box, as it's called, which is a little wooden crate that uh, Jillian stands on for uh, close-up face-to-face shots between her and David.
1: Oh, uh, like the is that? Did they call it the Scully box when Buffy was using it for scenes with when Sarah Michelle Gellar was using it for scenes with Angel? Or was it was no, they but, did not. Then it was the Buffy box.
0: You'd have to ask somebody
1: <laughs> on set.
0: I can't believe we didn't think to ask anyone that uh, in six years. Yeah. Um,
1: okay, so. Uh producer Latoya Ferguson also wrote about this. I'm sure that you had notes on this, Jenny. As a first time viewer, I, this just came to me as a kid of the 90s was the second I saw her after I like, you know, clutched my chest and gasped at like all of the queer feelings that I have and will continue to have about Jillian Anderson. I was like, this is Clarice Sterling from... Uh, Silence of the Lambs. This is Jodie Foth. This mm. this whole look, the whole vibe, it's just like very, very much that. And um, according to producer LaToya Ferguson, who does very, very detailed research, uh, the look and, uh, and in fact the inspiration for the personality of Scully in this first episode was based on that. Uh, LaToya wrote, basically it's, what if Clarice Starling had crackling repartee with a partner instead of an old man serial killer? Which I thought was a delightful Hooray. question.
0: <laughs> Uh, Yes, this show answers that question.
1: It does. Uh, Two Hour Delight. Uh, Um... So also in this scene we see um uh, one of only two non-white people in the entire episode. Uh, Scully talks to the receptionist here. Um and because that is very interwoven with a larger examination of where Fox, not Mulder, but the network is at this time related to this show, we are going to have producer and TV expert Latoya Ferguson in for a segment later in this episode. Um To talk about this, because who better qualified than she who knows all about TV history?
0: Yeah, so hang in there for LaToya's Lair, which will be coming in hot in a little while.
1: (laughs) Segment name chosen by LaToya herself. Mm.
0: Mm. This pilot is bursting with exposition. We are being told a lot of information, in addition to the actual plot of what's happening... We're getting a lot of, who is Mulder? Who is Scully? Here we get Scully telling the higher-ups at the FBI what she knows about Mulder, which is that he's an Oxford-educated psychologist. He wrote a monograph on serial killers and the occult that uh, helped catch Monty props in 1988, and he was generally thought of as the best analyst in the violent crimes section.
1: Yeah, and uh, his nickname was Spooky Mulder, so... (laughs) right there's that Uh, he because he's obsessed
0: with this secret cache of paranormal and unexplained cases called the X-Files oh the muckety mucks at the FBI have had enough of uh, alien cowboy Mulder (laughs) and uh, they're assigning Scully to be his official skeptical partner.
1: Yeah. I also felt like the questions that the FBI uh, dudes were asking Scully were very similar to some of the questions you asked me, um, you know, to get you to tell me everything I knew. Have you heard of Fox Mulder? Do you know what the X-Files are? I was like, hey, I have to answer these questions too. (laughs) Um, But yeah, their relationship is um, predetermined by the FBI. And also, you're going to love this, Jenny, but This is the third time that I watched this pilot episode. The last time I watched it, third time. And this time I was like, oh my God, that man is smoking. That man is the smoking man. It took me three episodes. I mean, not three episodes, three watches of the same episode to realize that the smoking man, the infamous smoking man was here all along.
2: Well,
0: you know, give yourself a break. It was 1993. All kinds of people were smoking cigarettes all the time. <laughs> That's
1: true. That's why I didn't pick up on it. But I picked up on it before the taping of this pilot. Thank God.
0: So Scully's heading down to Mulder's basement office. Uh, there are like no lights in this hallway. This is the hallway that the FBI forgot. And as she knocks on his door, here's what Fox Mulder has to say. Scully is like what I imagine it's like to be a gal who went on a Tinder date with a gentleman and is like, let's see what his apartment is like. She is taking in the UFO posters. She is taking in the photos of bones and skulls and the general clutter. Uh, She's probably, you know questioning her choices the choices that led her here
1: i don't know i mean one of my first notes in this scene is in all caps and it is they are already in love so <laughs> <laughs> that's also true <laughs> two things can be true at once Kristen. That's true what do you think like we all know the i want to believe poster as originating from the x-files the television show but like what what do you think like where do you think Mulder got the poster? Who made the poster that he purchased for his office is like what a question I'm gonna go into the series with.
0: Yeah, I did it come from Spencer Gifts, perhaps?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that would make sense. Was Spencer Gifts, was it already kicking in '93? I guess it was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> So Mulder studied Scully before she got there, which is interesting because I feel like if they're sending Scully to like observe Mulder that like they wouldn't have told him that she was, uh, you know what I mean? They wouldn't have been like, so this is her name and she's coming to like watch you and take notes on you. But apparently he knew because he has read her papers and learned all about her.
0: I think if you're getting a partner assigned to you. The partner isn't going to show up and tell you that they're your partner now. You're going (laughs) to hear something from the grown-ups. I guess that's true.
1: I'm a little bit confused. Maybe you have more. Maybe I just misunderstood some of it. But I think something that I was trying to parse through is when the FBI agents were talking to Scully, they were like, this is what he does. But then also, like, in his free time, he does this other shit. So I was like, so is this, like... Is this sanctioned work? Because if he's if Scully's being sent to, like, observe him, then I guess it has to be kind of sanctioned. Jenny has the look on her face of, like, boy, do you have a lot to learn.
0: <laughs> no, no. I, th- I think it's, like, gray, and it's, like, not defined, and it's <laughs> something that is just, like, a little peculiar. Uh, I just rewatched the whole first season um, in preparation for our little adventure here. And there are definitely moments where I'm, like, can't they just, like if they don't want him to do it, I feel like they could just like make sure that he doesn't do it. Right. Right. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, uh, he's not in violent crimes anymore. Uh, He's just down here in his basement office. Oh, with his, with his little X files. Um, One of the things that he learned about Scully in his research is that she is a medical doctor (laughs) bringing our count of how many times someone, anyone, has said that Scully is a medical doctor in the series to one. We are now at ding, 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 one time, one medical doctor. And we're going to keep that counter running.
1: Wow, um, I just want everyone to know that in the pre-production document, Jenny had written MDC1FM, and I was like, what the fuck is this note? And she was like, can't tell you yet. <laughs> so I'm just yeah. learning. Medical right. doctor count is one, and it is Fox Mulder who said it. That's right. Okay, great, great, great. Just uh, I'm happy <laughs> over here with my little decoder. Um, uh, Kristen, are you a visual learner? Yes, big time.
0: That's good because Fox Mulder has prepared <laughs> this. I don't think this is too much of a spoiler to say. This is not going to be his
1: last slideshow. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you had a tiny little light box like that, wouldn't you prepare many? No, I
0: know. If I and if I had a skeptical partner to convince, I'd be like Scully, check this shit out click <laughs> Voice over click uh he's got pics of karen swenson's marks and he tells scully you know the autopsy turned up absolutely nothing then he brings up a scientific diagram of an organic chemical compound mm-hmm. i hope that uh all the words that i just said are correct <laughs> um and he's like, How's your chemistry? <laughs> <laughs> uh and neither neither one of them has ever seen this compound before, but it showed up on Karen Swenson's body and click-click. This body in another part of the country and click-click. This party, and they all have the little vampire bites.
1: <laughs> the tie- th- it's like children, vampire children made these bites, you know, small mouth, ma- small mouth. The teeth are close together. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jenny, I realized that um, in Buffering the Vampire Slayer, you really sort of took charge of PowerPoint presentations. And what I'm realizing is that we're probably going to need to invest in a proper slide projector so that you can. Yeah, actually... we're going to need an
0: overhead projector in here, stat. Yeah,
1: so to a note to any future venues that host us in person, a uh, part of our rider will be a 1990s slide project 1980s, mm-hmm. 70s slide projector. Thank you. Um, and Jenny, we'll have to figure out how to make uh, oldie timey slides for your slideshow. Sure, sure. Um, I know that this is not like the most important information, or though maybe it is. But um, Scully's paper was on the twin paradox, Einstein's theory of the twin paradox. So I was like, what? Mm. The f- what is that? Can I just? I don't know that. I think half of it will make sense to you, you, and half of it won't. At least that was my my ratio. But I'm just gonna read to you what the twin paradox is. Okay, I'm ready. In physics, the twin paradox is a thought experiment. In special relativity, it involves identical twins, one of whom makes a journey into space in a high-speed rocket and returns home to find that the twin who remained on Earth has aged more. This result—this is where I start getting confused. I'm like, okay, one twin in a rocket, one twin at home. I got you so far. This result appears puzzling because each twin sees the other twin as moving, and so as a consequence of an incorrect and naive application of time dilation and the principle of relativity, each should paradoxically find the other to have aged less. One more sentence. However, this scenario can be resolved within the standard framework of special relativity. The traveling twin's trajectory involves... Two different inertial frames, one for the outbound journey and one for the inbound journey. How you doing, Jenny?
0: Yeah, so this is a podcast <laughs> about the X-Files, a
1: television show. And I can handle that. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I, I don't know what. Mostly I had a blast because when I looked it up and it started with like the twin paradox is about. Twins. One's in a rocket and one's on Earth. I was like, oh, fun. (laughs) Anyway, we get a pretty, I mean, we started the whole pilot episode here with this sound clip that happens next, uh, where Mulder asks what seems to be an important question to begin the show. Do you believe in extraterrestrials? Jenny,
0: do you? Scully says logically no, but what about like just going off
1: vibes, Dana? Well, I love that she says logically I'd say no, because to me, a new viewer, that says a lot about Scully. Like, she's she's not saying no. She's saying logically. These are the reasons why, like, science tells me I shouldn't believe. But ellipses, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, but Jenny, uh, do uh, hold on. Do you believe in extraterrestrials? I'm asking you. Oh, me? You? Yes, I'm asking me. you. Me. You know, it seems... This is
0: where I would say in the other direction, logically, it seems like yeah. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> right? It seems like what the universe is that vast, but we're the only we're it's just us. Right. We're the only life forms that developed mm-hmm. anywhere. Seems Seems shaky. Yeah,
1: and what's interesting now that you say that is that Scully says logically, I'd have to say no, and the reason that she continues and she's like because the like to get here, like it's not actually right. Like, oh yeah, that's not about existence. Not about Scully. That's (laughs) just
0: about like commuting.
1: Exactly, because I feel the same way. Like, how dare we think that we are the only like beings? Um, in the entire universe, that that would be wild. That doesn't make any sense. Um, So it sounds to me like she believes in them, but she just doesn't believe they could get here. I believe both. I believe they exist, and I believe they can come anytime they want. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And if you're listening,
0: please don't. Thank Uh, you.
1: And, like, I'm peaceful, so, you know, just be chill. Don't make my nose bleed, Uh, okay? Thank you.
0: Scully also says... The girl obviously died of something, which is how, you know, she's a medical doctor.
1: (laughs) I love this Mulder line. Um, Like when convention and science offer no answers, might we turn to the fantastic? You know, he's not saying go right there. Like he's saying, like, "I I checked the math. I checked the science doesn't add up. So now I'm checking the fantastic and I'm finding lots of answers there.
0: I feel like maybe it's just because they just met, or, but probably more like because it's the pilot episode. Uh, Mulder is like a little bit more intense and like monolog about the existence of extraterrestrials in this episode than he... Like he definitely dips down and like rides a smooth plateau for the rest of the of the season and he's like slightly just like ever so slightly even though i f- was still fully endorsed him completely on board he's just like slightly condescending to scully mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. some places or like like a little extra combative which also does not last past the the pilot um
1: That checks out to me a little bit, again, as a first-time viewer, just because I'm sure that Mulder's entire existence is just, like, people telling him he's full of shit. And so, like, by the Mm -hmm. end of this episode, like, he has clearly learned that Scully is there to do what she says she's there to do later in the episode right like she is literally there to learn and to try to solve the cases like not she's not there just to to make him a fool and to like you know find all the things she needs to put on paper to say like this guy you know spooky molder at it again and so you know he probably just has way more trust for her by the end of this first episode um and it makes him interact with her differently
0: yeah yeah
1: Before we go to the plane ride, Jenny, I just, and maybe you were going to say this as well, but he says uh, to her that tomorrow they're going to leave for the very plausible state of Oregon because she's talking about how she needs like plausible shit and facts and whatever. (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) And then most importantly, her smile. I screamed at the end of this scene. Mm -hmm.
0: Best friends. She loves it. They're having a good time. They're going on a trip together. Oh. Uh, On the airplane to Oregon, Scully just casually flipping through obituaries of various members of the class of 89. Mm -hmm. There's extreme turbulence, and apparently when there's turbulence, skeptics clutch (laughs) the armrest, (laughs) and believers quip dryly, this must be the place. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Mulder's a little too cozy. I mean, cause this is not, we've flown on a lot of planes betwixt the two of us. I'm like, this is some extreme turbulence. This is terrifying. I was like, I, at first I thought this was a dream sequence, to be honest with you. Cause I was like, well, I know they don't die in a plane crash and I know that I'm not watching the television series lost or yellow jacket. So like, it's probably a dream <laughs> that Scully is having, but no, it was just regular turbulence. Um, and yeah, they really paint the picture of these two by the way they respond to imminent death. <laughs> this is also where Scully reads about Dr. Nemin. Uh She's she's putting it together that Dr. Neman has done some of the autopsies, but not all of the autopsies because Scully mm. is very smart.
0: Yeah, and plus she's a medical doctor, <laughs> she so she's does. really tuned into who the medical examiner would be. <laughs> uh, okay. In the rental car. Mulder snacking on sunflower seeds. Did this won't just, be the last time you see Mulder snacking on sunflower seeds.
1: Just throwing those shells out the window? Just organic matter. Hey, Return they're organic. The yeah.
0: That's like, no, there's an organic compound. <laughs>
1: He's having a blast. He's making jokes about the last agents who were sent there. They just had some fucking local salmon, and then they closed the case uh, when they came home. Like, it sounds like they left in a... I mean, he doesn't say this. Kristen Rus- Agent Kristen Russo says this, but it's... Yeah, sounds like they left in a hurry, or something happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, or just, like, the plug got pulled. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where they talk a little bit about those medical examiners, because the first three members of the class of 89 who died... Had autopsies that show no unidentified marks or tissue samples, uh, but those were signed by medical examiner Naman, unlike the autopsy of Karen Swenson. Uh, Don't worry, Moeller has arranged for a very (laughs) fun ice breaking activity for their (laughs) first trip together. They're going to exhume. Some graves.
1: Yeah. This is actually what Jenny and I did before starting the podcast, just to, like, break the ice, get, Yeah, team-building
0: exercise, you know.
1: Um, Yeah, and just as he says that, we get some, my closed captioning say audio feedback. I loved the amount of, like, audio feedback, and what is it, metallic clanking? Is that the other (laughs) very common uh, closed captioning? But, yeah, something fucking happens in this car. The car
0: goes haywire, molder... Pulls over and, as you do, goes into his trunk, gets out some spray paint, and spray paints a big red X on the sides of, on the side of the road. Then gazes meaningfully into the sky.
1: But also, it just occurs to me that they flew to Oregon, which means that Mulder flew either flew with his spray paint and put it because this has to be a rental car, right?
0: So he, uh, he's either f- yes, it's a rental car. It's nineteen ninety three uh different times i'm sure he just had it in his check luggage he
1: just he was like you know what some pants a fucking my georgetown baseball hat and my can Mm -hmm. of red spray paint just the essentials yeah he marks it with an x just like x files but x on the oh x for x files (laughs) scully's like what was that and he like i don't think that he's actually condescending to her like i think he's just playing, like in this part anyway, because he's like, no, oh, you know, probably nothing. He's very confident. He's a very confident man. He he really knows that mm. by the end of this, the pilot episode, Scully might have some doubts.
0: Okay, they're about to do a little friendship grave digging when who should arrive but medical examiner Jane Nemmon.
1: He's so mad. He's so mad, Jenny. He is like, re- like... I don't know. I mean, I know he doesn't want this to happen, but also sometimes when you approach people like with a little less anger at first, you have better results. So an- a tip to Dr. Neman maybe don't come out of your car screaming. Yeah.
0: Yes. Catch flies with honey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sir. Sir. Uh, so the person they're uh, exhuming today is Ray Soames. He was the third victim. He confessed to the murders of the other two teens from the class of 89 who died before him but then he couldn't produce any actual evidence that he had murdered them so yeah he just Uh, wanted to
1: be locked up so that he couldn't get taken by the aliens poor ray
0: as if that would stop them ray (laughs) and according to the autopsy uh he died of exposure he was only missing for seven hours on an evening in july yeah so that seems weird
1: Oh my God. Are the uh, aliens turning people into aliens? I know that we're not to that section yet where I talk about my feelings on theories. But, like, what is happening here? Anyway, continue, <laughs> Jenny.
0: <laughs> um, I noticed that Mulder calls Scully Dr. Scully a- many times in this episode. And I don't think that ever happens again after right now.
1: So, Oops.
0: Oops, oopsie daisy. This is so embarrassing. You know when your one job is to operate the big piece of machinery that uh, lifts the casket out of the ground and then whoops, butterfingers. Man. You drop it and it rolls and cracks against a headstone. The coroner's Uh, like, this
2: isn't
1: how it usually goes. Or whatever that guy, whoever that guy is. (laughs) He's so Mm -hmm. embarrassed. And then... The casket, oops, it hits another headstone, oops, it opens, and Mulder very intelligently runs over to crack open that baby, and Jenny, that's where I, (laughs) that's where I write the note in all caps. A stinky alien baby. What? A stinky alien baby is what I decided. This was a stinky, it smells, we know that, they're all holding their noses, Mm. this is an alien, and it is a small alien. Maybe all the aliens are small I don't know but this is a stinky alien baby <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: uh thank God you're here
1: I'm here i I'm also a medical doctor so
0: do you think yes clearly <laughs> do you think it smells any worse than like any other uh body in a state of decay that was just exhumed? I don't know.
1: But maybe maybe it does smell a little bit worse because we know that Scully hasn't done this before. She's talked about the fact that she's never like, right? She's never examined a dead body or d- dug a grave. But I feel like this can't be Mulder's first time. And he seems very moved by the smell. So I, th- I would say it's more powerful. Aliens decomposing smells probably just different than humans decomposing. But Mulder is not accustomed. Mulder's never seen a decomposing alien, I think.
0: he's certainly not behaving like someone who's ever seen a decomposing alien before Uh, so they take this critter to the local medical facility right and scully is just trying to perform an autopsy while Mulder is butting in repeatedly with his long lens snapping a zillion photographs
1: He's just excited, you know? He's just so excited. I I can't wait until the car turns off later because I have never seen a human being so excited in my whole life as Mulder gets then, but we're not there yet. Yeah, yeah. Jenny, does the FBI measure in centimeters? Because like most of the world measures in using the metric system? Because uh, Scully measures this alien baby in centimeters. And we're in the United States, so I'm just wondering if that's because the FBI... You know just does it globally so if you're in the fbi will you let us know do you measure in centimeters or if you're a doctor Mm. a medical doctor
0: (laughs) a medical doctor specifically uh (laughs) if you could let us know that'd be great
1: yeah
0: uh scully thinks this is a monkey (laughs) an orangutan mammalian
1: orangutan she says tang right orangutan (laughs) orangutan (laughs) Anyway. Welcome to the podcast. Mulder wants to do x-rays and like a bunch of tests. And then he says, I have the same doubts that you do. And I feel like what he- Does he? he... Yeah. Maybe I had the same doubts you do. I I once had, but I don't think he currently has.
0: No, he seems (laughs) pointed in an altogether different direction. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. I scream so much in the next scene in my notes, just screaming the whole way down.
0: Back at the hotel? Oh, yeah. Motel? Hotel- hotel- Holiday, Holiday Inn? Holiday
1: Inn. But, uh, uh, yeah. Skelly- they
0: found something in the casket critter's nasal cavity. It's some kind of metal cylindrical device.
1: Oh, really thought you were going to say do dad
0: uh, I have hickey in my notes. Okay, great. Um <laughs> Scully is gazing upon it. She's surrounded by x-rays of of the head with the device still in the nasal cavity. She's taped them up to uh, lampshades. She's really <laughs> settling in to this motel. Mulder comes by and says he's going out for a night run. He's too excited to sleep, Kristen.
1: My notes are she loves him, his running outfit, his his hat backwards, her big T-shirt. Those are my screaming notes. I'm just so excited about this moment. I love it. I want them to kiss. I know it's not time yet, but I already want it. Is that a face of like yet? Who said they kiss? Yeah. Well, in my mind, they can kiss as much as I want them to. Okay. (laughs) Um, Also, this is like total sidebar, but I just feel like as a medical examiner, Scully would not have these like very long, but some short fingernails that like have like some, some, some stuff under them. Like I just, I I feel a question about her fingernails in this scene. That's all. It was a little sidebar. I... Did not see them. All right. Well, before we get to more hotel time, we have to go to the psych hospital where we learn that this doctor has treated a lot of the members of the class of 1989, including Ray. And he's got two patients right upstairs. They've been there for four years, Billy and Peggy. So
0: Billy is described as being in a waking coma. So he's non-communicative, non-responsive. Uh, Peggy's using a wheelchair, and when the agents come up to the room, Peggy is reading to him. Mulder finds a way to make sure they get a look
1: at Peggy's lower back to see if she's got the marks, and she does. I mean, he suggests an exam, but that makes Peggy get a bloody nose and absolutely lose her shit. You know, she does not want an exam and his strategy worked perfectly <laughs> but, but okay well i i just was like uh, he just wanted an exam but why does yeah, she yeah. why does she not want an exam like what or is it was that the aliens don't want her to be examined so they like trigger her brain plug
0: well if she's been abducted and examined she probably just uh, would mm. prefer not to be examined in general and
1: then whenever anybody gets afraid about anything if they've already been abducted and they have a plug in their nose they get a bloody nose a plug in their nose. <laughs> <laughs> what is it called? Uh an implant. An implant. Implant, brain plug, nose plug. Potato potato. Sure, sure. Um you know, and in this scene we get the word uh vegetative state just and and we also hear about Peggy uh being in a wheelchair but some fucking ableist languages in this episode not sadly not surprising it's the 90s we hear peggy referred to as wheelchair bound clearly in talking about somebody who uses a wheelchair the way to talk about that is somebody using a wheelchair making them the active person um not making the uh wheelchair the thing that is sort of like what they are being described in relation to and um obviously referring to we don't get it here here he says vegetative state but later this nurse is like making vegetable like actual vegetable jokes which clearly is not okay completely dehumanizes the person that you're talking about uh etc etc so just calling that out uh also i'm really excited jenny because i'm about to call for my very first sound cue that i've asked to be a part of this podcast For significant eye contact. What is the context? Well, they see the marks. Like, Scully sees that the marks are there. And this is, Jenny, this is not a slideshow. This is real life. She's standing there. Mm, She mm -hmm. fucking sees those marks. Science says that her eyeballs see those marks, so she scientifically has now proven (laughs) that those marks exist. And she looks at Mulder like, oh, shit. And Mulder's like, yeah, I fucking told you. Significant eye contact.
0: When they get out into the hallway, Mulder's like, you're not ready (laughs) for what I believe. You can't handle the truth. (laughs) Have you ever thought about alien abduction. <laughs> Mulder and Scully are like, anything can happen in the woods. <laughs> Into the woods they go. It's the only place they can go. It's the next logical step in this adventure. Mulder's compass going absolutely berserk. Love his pocket uh, Scully. Compass. Scully finds some gray, like, ash or dirt on the ground and she's just putting handfuls of it into her pocket sure and if she loses
1: the if she loses the coat don't worry there'll be plenty underneath her fingernails for everybody yeah
0: and they're just having the time of their lives but then bad vibe detective miles shows up and uh tells them to gtfo
1: mechanical worrying in a bright light but this time it's the detective's truck so don't worry love that fake out everybody watching the show is like the aliens the aliens no not yet not yet it's the same noise in the same kind of light but this time it's not the aliens Um, Also, I would like to call out that I believe this is the first appearance of Flashlights, and though I may not know a lot about this television show, I do think they are a very important part of the show, especially given that our logo includes them. So, hey, guys. Welcome to the show. Hell yes. So good to have you, Flashlights. Um, Also, is Scully wearing khakis, because that seems like a really poor choice for going into the woods?
0: Well, you know... Scully, I don't think, goes into the woods very often <laughs> in okay, the fair. course of her investigations. All
1: right. Something for me so... to pay attention to. As she goes into the woods more and more, does she stop wearing khakis? Will she Yeah, learn? yeah. Also, I just think that the um, cinematography in this scene is really beautiful. There's like a really amazing use of light where it's like hitting the rain in the background of the scene at the open. And then it's sort of like you catch it in the flashlight beam. It's really fucking cool. Mm. Um, And I'm Mm -hmm. sure we'll get more of that in this show. But for me, the first time viewer, I was just like, oh, fuck, yeah, we have some we have some fucking good people doing lighting and uh, cinematography in this show as well. So that's exciting. In 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days. Your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself
0: ongoing shooting location vancouver
1: (laughs) vancouver comes with rain Uh i don't know if you're moving us to the scene in the car jenny but if you are i just would like to also congratulate Mulder on doing a fucking incredible job of reversing backwards through the trees hot
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah uh would not necessarily have guessed it but happy to see it if i may brag for one moment
1: the other day I um, was in Brooklyn and I had to get my car from the illegal parking spot that it was in to a spot that had just opened up. But behind me, a UPS truck was double parked. So I had to get my car out of its spot between the UPS truck and the other parked cars and then back into the parking spot that existed. And Jenny, I am here to tell you that I did it in one move. Like I didn't even reposition the car to parallel park it. Once I got past the UPS truck, I went right past the UPS truck and pulled right into my spot. So
0: congrats. Congrats. I know that Incredible right now stuff. you're calling
1: me the Scully, but like maybe I've got a little molder in me. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> well, Kristen, while you were maneuvering this car so deftly, was anyone holding a handful of gray earthen ash in front of your face, uh, imploring you, look at this dirt I picked up off the ground and put in my pockets. (laughs) Scully's explanation is, I think something's going on out here. Some kind of sacrifice, maybe.
1: Yeah, cult related. I mean, at least she's getting there quickly, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mulder and this fucking pocket compass, it's like my favorite thing in the world. I love his little compass.
0: He needs to know where he's going or if, you know, he's in a situation where uh, compasses simply don't work Mm. because there are aliens.
1: Also, I think we're um, setting down something that probably will be important in this podcast, which is that I say compass and you say compass. Is that true? Yep, that's true. Yeah, so... You know, well, at some point in the journey, we'll do a poll. We'll say if you say compass or compass, and who you think is right, because this podcast is about winning. Okay, who's gonna win? I think this podcast
0: has room enough for both uh, both pronunciations. Uh.
1: That's actually kind of a great segue because I would actually say that there might be room for at least three of us inside of this podcast. <gasps> who could the third be? <laughs> I'm excited. Well, um, her name is LaToya, and the segment, it starts with an L, 2
0: <gasps> LaToya's lair. Imagine, if you will, a great and powerful dragon <laughs> perched atop uh, treasure, rolling hills of treasure as far as the eye can see, except rather than Zobloons and gemstones and uh, mithril armor and uh dwarven smithed (laughs) weapons uh rather latoya perches atop a vast accumulated knowledge about uh all things television great and small latoya knows them all
1: wow (laughs)
0: Dragons, I just picture dragons as like rhyming,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Pete's dragon for sure. And Latoya's dragon, definitely. Nice.
0: Latoya's there, Latoya's there. The whisper, mom, I'm scared.
2: Welcome to my lair. I was thinking of doing some strange Vincent Price impression, and then I gave up midway through, Uh, ah. So I apologize already. That's what you can expect here. Just a lot of apologizing from from me. Um, Hello, fair listeners to The X-Files, EX. As I'm sure Kristen and Jenny have noted, if not, you'll learn here, I am watching The X-Files for the first time, along with Kristen. And unlike Kristen, though, I am terrified of this. So I'm doing this because of friendship. But an interesting thing about The X-Files is the television landscape at the time for the 1993-94 television season, specifically on Fox, the network of choice. Here were the other shows that premiered the same season, just to give you a real taste of things. In terms of cult classic one season shows, you probably have heard of the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. It was paired with the X-Files on Friday nights in 1993. I don't know if you're like me and would watch the reruns of the show, even though it's one season show on TNT before school, but it was a good time. Fox put more of its money into promoting this over X-Files. And yet I'm pretty sure more people have heard of the X-Files over Briscoe County Jr. No offense to Briscoe Kenny Jr., a great kind of steampunk Western show. This was also the first season of Living Single, a huge sitcom for Fox. Some say the television show Friends stole the premise. Some might be right. Then we had Monty, and this was Fox's attempt at a contemporary All in the Family with Henry Winkler as the show's version of Archie Bunker. We've got South Central, co-created by Ralph Farquhar, uh, who co-created uh, Moesha and its spinoff, The, the Parkers. Models, Inc., the one-season infamous Melrose Place spinoff, starring carrie Ann Moss, Garcelle Bouvet, and Angels' Stephanie Romanoff. The Sinbad Show, starring comedian Sinbad. One season, and to some, for reasons I will discuss in just a moment, the expected hit of this Fox television season. Bakersfield PD one-season single-cam comedy starring Giancarlo Esposito. You might be thinking, didn't they also have In Living Color on Fox at the time? And they did. Fox was a fledgling network at the time, only eight years old. On Mondays, it didn't even try to compete with the reigning shows on television at the time, like Coach on ABC or the new show, The Nanny on CBS, or on NBC, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or Blossom. So on Mondays, they had just a, a movie night. Fox was still a Black network at the time. Uh, Despite dipping its toes into the water, you know, white-led shows with the success of Beverly Hills 90210 and Melrose Place. This season saw the cancellation of South Central, which was, critically praised, The Sinbad Show, and In Living Color, all in one night. Uh, By that point, Bakersfield CA was already canceled. Um, This led to Jesse Jackson even calling for the boycott of the network for institutional racism. The only Black shows left on Fox after the season were Martin which had its second season from 1993 to 1994, and Living Single, the brand new show. The following season, there would be New York Undercover, which was paired with Martin and Living Single because, you know, black. And to be fair, this was a successful lineup, Uh, but it was also more prestige drama. And then the other one was Mantis, which was a black superhero show co-created by Sam Raimi and also canceled after one season. All of this is worth noting because holy cow, is the X-Files white as heck in front of the camera, behind the camera. This is not to say I didn't enjoy the episode, uh, nor to pretend I don't know what the television landscape was at the time, or or what the attempt by the television landscape and Fox at the time was. But it is, I don't know. I honestly kind of find it funny that I went back after watching it the first time. Yeah, I, I willingly looked back Please pat me on the back just to see how many people of color I could find in the episode. Um, I was able to clock the receptionist at the beginning that Dana talks to and uh, a patient in a bed next to Billy's. Neither of them had lines. And that's just where we're at. Uh, I think I will be keeping track, not even because of what Fox was doing, but now it just seems like a good mission to keep my mind off of how scared I am to watch this show. Thank you, Kristen and Jenny. I can't wait to repay you for this one day. The toy
0: is there. The toy is there. Wow, thank you Latoya. So happy to have your lair in the midst
1: of our basement office. Oh my god, the image of Latoya and now Latoya's dragon sitting in like next like recliners next to each other just like clicking through old WB shows, you know? Like yes. just ve- yes. that's very delightful. Thank Correct. you Latoya. I cannot wait to find out what we uncover the next time we visit you in your lair.
0: Kristen, there is a bright
1: light. There are freeze frames. It breaks the cameras, Jenny. That's how... I mean, nothing works. The car doesn't work. The cameras don't work. That's it. We only yeah. retain still yeah. footage from this. It's the last... It's like the time I was podcasting with Latoya and the power went out and she just had a freeze frame of me like as the lights were going out. That's what happens here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, when Scully and Mulder come back into being... Mulder notes that they just lost nine minutes they lost nine minutes thank god he just happened to look at his watch right before that (laughs) happened and uh he hops out of the car and runs along the shoulder to find his big red ex from earlier and he is
1: so happy he's like so excited he sounds I wrote in my notes that he sounds like Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka like, when Willy Wonka gets his most excited. Like, it's, like, it's otherworldly how happy Mulder is about this. Which leads me to believe that Mulder has never seen a stinky alien baby and never oh lost time before. Because what uh-huh. this doesn't seem like something that the man has experienced before. He is so excited. And he says, say, later, he's closer than he's ever been, so... Yeah, oh yeah, he sure does. <laughs> Scully giving me my favorite line, maybe in this episode. You're saying time disappeared. It can't disappear. It's a universal invariant. Sounds like a medical doctor, you know. <laughs>
0: uh, what's the medical explanation for the car starting itself back up?
1: That's a ghost, clearly.
0: <gasps> hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. Can I play the fucking Doogie Hauser theme song for this opening shot? I, too,
0: have Doogie Hauser in my notes, please.
1: Take me back to a time when computer screens were black and the words were white. That seems way better for the eyeballs, you know?
0: Yeah, it does sound nice.
1: Oh, I didn't talk about this before, but I'm going to talk about it now. Scully has her glasses on. Um, she also had her glasses on on the plane. I am very happy when Scully has her glasses on. That's all.
0: It's a good look. It's, it's a r- good look. And good. I'll tell you what, Kristen, <laughs> again, I don't think it counts as a spoiler to say there are a lot of really compelling glasses that you have to look forward to over the course of the season. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. All kinds of people are going to wear them. You're going to be so stoked. <laughs> Will the
1: smoking man wear
0: glasses? I I cannot confirm, nor can I deny.
1: my God. Um, I hope there's an episode where they put, like, googly eyeglasses on one of the stinky alien babies just for a prank. Oh, my.
0: <laughs> just, just desperately shoehorning the phrase stinky alien baby into every possible <laughs> nook and cranny of the pod. Uh-huh. Um, I know that when I <laughs> am typing up a little report, uh, narking on my FBI partner. hmm in my motel room, the the worst thing that could possibly happen is the power going out. Thankfully, this motel is prepared. For some reason, they have huge candles available, uh, to their clientele. Yeah, huge matching. candles. They're
1: definitely hotel candles because they both have the same candle and the same little like yeah. crystal bowl. Um, also, d- just like small side note. When your computer shut down in 1993, like, just in case you're listening to this and you're used to using a computer now where, like, your computer's like, hey, I remember what happened. You want to go back to what just happened? No. Your computer dies in Good 1993. Everything luck. is fuck. It. It's gone. It's never existed. It's gone. So this is... It's done. Her whole report is done.
0: Yeah. Her computer... When it, if it ever wakes up again, it will have lost nine minutes and have no <laughs> recollection of what occurred
1: in that period of time for sure. Um, my next note is bath time because what does a it's lady do time. when the power goes out? She takes a Take bath. Take a bath, yeah.
0: Um, except as Scully's getting ready to get in the bath, she notices something on her lower back she sees some red marks and she starts freaking out and runs over to Mulder's room and asks him to look at them
1: okay now before before we get to mosquito town because I have stuff to talk about there too but like here's here Latoya uh, wrote this I'm sure it's it's a, it's a thing that you know is common knowledge but there's a there's a bit of male gaze happening here in this scene um and in the next scene which feels like out of sync yeah
0: with the rest of the app,
1: And also, like, the choice, because what I love about this scene in her bathroom is that she's, I wrote down, she's wearing very practical undies. They're just practical undies. They're not, like, this is Mm -hmm. not, um, we didn't talk about some of the other people being considered for the role of Scully, but one of them was Pamela Anderson, because, and bless Pamela Anderson, but this is a fair, that would be a very different direction for uh, Agent Mm -hmm. Scully, um, and so I just thought I was happy on the one hand that they did not put her in like teeny tiny underwear, but I was, you know, we were we were all I think a bit aware of the the gaze that this camera took as it panned down. Um, and I also am wondering about the choice she made to wear her robe next door because you know, you if I was going to go show my coworker my upper back, I would just throw on my khakis. You know what I mean? Like I would I would make it so that I could like sort of show that part of my body without like just being basically naked in front of him yeah yep uh but Latoya's note here which is you know important is that there is one female writing credit for the whole first season um and to Latoya's uh research it appears that that writer simply had the season's mandatory freelance script she was not on the writing stuff so you know mm-hmm. we'll keep our eye we have a j- Jenny, we have a jingle for it already.
0: We do. We came prepared. Yeah.
2: The patriarchy!
0: Okay. Dr. Mulder is on the case and is quick to pronounce these marks mosquito bites, not alien abduction indicators do you thank think, god <laughs>
1: do you think that he knows there are mosquito bites only because there's three like they look the same but there's three so if there's more than two it's mosquitoes two aliens
0: These definitely don't look like the mosquito bites I get. Right,
1: right. Also, I would like to say, since we just talked about male gaziness, that Mulder does not have the male gaze. Mulder is very respectful of Scully in this scene, in my humble opinion. Uh, I like the way that the scene is played. I like that he literally looks. He gives her the information. They sit down. There was nothing in this scene that made me feel icky between the two of them. My opinion.
0: Kristen, they're on the fast track to best friend town.
1: They love each other. Okay. (sighs) They go to commercial, like, after she sits down, she's very upset. And maybe you want to talk about that, too. But just when they cut back from commercial, she's laying in his bed, which I felt was a choice.
0: Listen, there are only so many surfaces in a motel room.
1: (laughs) That's true. That is actually very true. Yeah. And a lot of them you don't want to sit or lay on. So, fair. Correct. Okay. Uh,
0: So Mulder's telling Scully the story of his sister's disappearance, which happened when he was 12 and she was eight. Yeah. And he tells her that nobody in the family would talk about it and it kind of like tore them apart. He went off to school in England, started working uh, at the Bureau and then he
1: happened upon the X-Files and he read them all. Oh my God. Now this is where Mulder and Jenny Owen Youngs are very similar. This is exactly what Jenny Owen Youngs would do. (laughs) That begin with X. I want them. (laughs) But, like, you would also just read them all. Like, it's not one. Yeah, It's, you know, it's none or it's all. So you'd be in your office basement, your basement office, just tearing through those guys. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He discovered... Like, he he explains the fact that he had the time also, I think, if I understood this correctly, he had the time to do all of this reading and stuff because he was, like, basically just really fucking good at his job. So he just, like, had a ton of spare time to read the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> um, and classic government. Uh, the government has information and they're blocking his access to it. But he has connections in Congress. And so that's the only reason but they have not shut him down entirely interesting sure yeah why not totally (laughs) okay (laughs) Uh, oh it's time for dr heinz verber oh yeah go for it no no i was my only introduction please you go for. i just wanted to say his name jenny that's all i wanted oh yeah yeah i know it's
0: satisfying yeah uh so Mulder has actually done hypnotherapy he's done some hypnotherapy sessions uh targeting this incident and what he has learned from those sessions is that he was in the room when his sister was taken and he was paralyzed and unable to help this poor boy
1: this poor boy i love that he's opening up to scully so quickly you know that's nice he's a
0: sensitive guy
1: and this you know we've talked about this he's this is where he's sharing with her that nothing else matters to him um it's the closest he's gotten And he is being basically blocked from information by the government, Um, which like to me as a medical doctor, this is when I would stop doing that. I would if when I hear the government doesn't want me to do this thing, they're really trying to make sure I don't get access to this information. um, This medical doctor would be like, I wish you the best of luck. Um, I'm going to be over here. I don't (laughs) I don't want to fuck with that shit. Teresa calls and says that Peggy is dead.
0: We cut to the scene of Peggy's death. R.I.P. Peggy.
1: Maybe a better way to go, because, like, how did Karen even die? Like, what what are the alien deaths? And are they preferable or less preferable to getting hit by a truck?
0: Unknown. (laughs) (laughs) Unknown. What's interesting about Peggy's death is that a man who was driving a truck... And struck her, says that she was running in front of the truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so previously, everyone was under the impression that that was not possible.
1: <laughs> Mulder is like, she ran on foot. Like He like really wants to make sure we're all talking about the same thing here. Yeah. yeah. Scully yeah. Um, sees what time her fucking watch says, <gasps> Jenny. What time does her fucking watch say?
0: Nine, it says 9.03. This is 9.03. And beep, boop, Kristen, when it beep, rains, boop, it pours. Beep, While all this is going on, Mulder finds out that that the casket corpse has been stolen. And then as they get back to the motel, it's on fire. Scully says, with a casualness that I can't imagine, there goes my computer.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, she had already lost the file, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, true. Uh, And along with it, the x-rays and the photographs.
1: Is anyone else mad Uh, at Jenny for calling it the casket corpse and not the stinky alien baby? Because I am. Okay. Continue. I'm not getting on your train. I'm not getting on your train, Kristen. That's fine. I'm going to have plenty of people on my stinky alien baby train. Okay. Oh, my God. We get to go to a diner making this even more like Twin Peaks because Teresa Newman is there and she's like, you have to protect me. Sorry. Oh, I know. No, please correct me because I want it to be Newman. Every time I wrote it down in my notes, I wrote Newman. It's Neman. You're right. Teresa Neman. Let's take her to the diner. She needs some fucking rye toast with butter and she needs some tissues for her fucking nose because guess what? The aliens got her too.
0: Here's a nosebleed. She tells them she wakes up in the woods all the time, which, no thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And as they're chatting, who should bust in but Detective Miles Billy Miles's father actually bum 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 and her dad uh the medical examiner
1: these fuckers know something is basically what Scully says but like they, they clearly do like Teresa says that her dad knows about the marks and has told her not to tell anyone because he's trying to protect her
0: uh Mulder decides that the most reasonable course of action As for them to dig up the other two graves (laughs) and find out uh, what kind of critters are in those gaskets. But when they get to the cemetery, they find that someone has already beaten them to it. Terrible news.
1: Terrible news. Who the fuck dug up these graves? I mean, we don't get the answer to that, but we do get the answer um, to who. This is when it occurs. Not occurs, but like when Mulder is like, I know who fucking did it. I know who killed Karen. It was Billy. I love this scene. Someone, this is, my thing, my favorite scene in the whole episode. Mm. I Luckily for me, because it seems like it's going to rain a lot, I love a scene in the rain. Uh, I love a love scene in the rain. I love an argument in the rain. I love two new best friends from the FBI laughing their asses off because what is happening in the rain? And that's <laughs> what's happening here. Mulder is like, clearly, like I think Billy did it, and Scully is like, what are you talking about? Like, he, how could Billy have done this? And he's like, "Time lost, and the forest controls them, and the aliens did tests, and it makes the marks, and the marks are genetic mutations. <laughs> and then in the rain, let's just listen to Scully. Let's just listen to Gillian Anderson reply to her new best friend.
2: And the force summoned Teresa Neman's body into the woods tonight.: Yes, but it was Billy Miles who took it oh. in, summoned oh. by some alien impulse. That's it. Well,
0: they go back to the hospital to check in on (laughs) Billy Miles. And this boy's feet are covered in dirt. Also, not just any dirt, Kristen.
1: (laughs) Sooty dirt. Ashy dirt. (laughs) Ashy earthen residue covers
0: his foot pads. I
1: just like I feel like I don't mean to to yuck any yums here but I just feel like put some glove just like a glove a glove would help me with this scene. The <laughs> amount of bare hands on this boy's dirty feet is just a lot for me to handle. She's trying to get to the truth, Kristen. Oh yeah, she is. She's no scraping time for gloves. Scraping some of this dirt into a little baggie, I guess. But then fucking she re- so they go to the fucking hallway and like she lost the original ashy dirt so now they have to go back to the forest oh my god oh my god um, this exchange feels important though like because scully is like I can't believe, like, I can't believe this. And Mulder's, like, pointing to his poster on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he's like, you have to write it down. She's like, but you already said it yourself. Like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, you literally, like, I don't know if you forgot why you're here, but, like, you have to write this down. And then she's like, fuck, I got to go put more dirt in my pockets, you know? So then off to the forest they go.
0: Okay. When you're on a case... And you you know you can smell blood in the water. You know you're getting close to the truth. There's only one thing you can do. Mm -hmm. Run through the woods at top speed in the dark with a flashlight. Until you trip and fall at the feet of Detective Miles. (laughs) So he can say, I told you to stay out of this. Before he scoots over and bumps into Mulder.
1: Did you like have any musician feelings about this fucking score because I wrote the score. It was like bumping right here. It was like going off for this. Oh, run. yeah. 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 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm going to just be honest here and tell you that I don't really understand what happens in the next few moments. So, okay. Um, okay. I mean, I can tell you that Mulder says to the detective, you know. Okay. Fair. And mm-hmm. then The detective sees Billy with Teresa in the, what are we going to call this little spot? The landing pad? Is that the name of this area? Yeah, 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 yeah. The landing pad, sure. Says, no, Billy, leave her alone. Interesting. Because what was he doing there before? And then he goes to, question mark, shoot his son to stop him from doing the thing? What is he, is he going to shoot the aliens? Are they there? What is happening, Jenny? I,
0: listen- some people say, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. Uh-huh. Uh, work in an environment where you're trained to solve problems with a gun. Uh, attempt mm. to solve all problems with a gun. Okay. Even okay. if you don't know what you're doing or why. Okay, sure. Don't know what sh- your sh- plan sure. is. Sure.
1: Sure. Um, But then everybody is better. And I also don't understand. <laughs> yeah, there's a
0: bright flash of light. And then Billy and Teresa are just still there. Billy's marks are gone. Uh, everything is quiet. Scully got, you know, after she recovered from her fall, okay, she walked very slowly towards the blinding light. But then before she crested the ridge, she said to herself, I'm close enough this is fine. I don't need to look any closer than this. She said,
1: there's 200 and something episodes to go. I can't look yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, my uh, There's a screaming note from me here. Uh, the way that Scully and Mulder touch each other in this scene. Mulder comes back down. Scully meets him and like, you know how uh, knights would sort of like shake each other's hands, but they would shake it to the elbow. It was like a do uh-huh. you have a knife? Uh-huh. No, you don't. I don't either. Great. It's like mm-hmm. that, but on each other's, like, hips, kind of. Like, it's like a, <laughs> it's just, it's nice. I liked it. And he says, she says there was a light, and he says it was incredible. And it just feels good. I love them. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Oh, my God. It's almost time for another significant eye contact cue, Jenny. <laughs> Take Literally, I can't wait. Take us to the next scene if you're ready.
0: So back at FBI headquarters, Billy Miles is being questioned under hypnosis, uh, under the direction of Mulder's doctor. What's his name, Kristen? Dr. Hans Verber. (laughs) Uh, And he explains that the light gave him orders, took him away to the testing place, put something in his head. From behind the glass... Scully and cigarette smoking man are watching.
1: And when Billy finishes his testimony, Mulder looks. Now is this is one way glass, right? Not if you're Mulder and Scully. No, exactly. They make significant (laughs) eye contact Uh, through the one way way glass. Through one way glass.
0: It's incredible.
1: (laughs) Unbelievable. It's incredible.
0: (laughs) They can't be contained, Kristen.
1: They simply cannot. I'll tell you what, I didn't even realize it was one-way glass till right now. That was just me realizing. I I was like, wow, look at them. And I just realized how powerful it was. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Sadly, like, for me, I'm like, great. The episode's finished here at significant eye contact. But sadly, the FBI dudes have to get back involved.
0: They're not pleased with Scully's reporting. They're like, prove it. And she's like, well, actually, here is this implant that I took from the nasal cavity of Ray Soames' exhumed body. If that was Ray Soames. She says she ran a, quote, lab test and the material could not be identified. Mm -hmm.
1: Not exactly sure. Her at-home lab, Jenny.
0: (laughs) Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, sure, sure. She's
1: a fucking Um, medical
0: doctor. (laughs) No, I know. Totally.
1: I like... A character like this, you know, like a care, like she's not trying to say that she has more than she has. Like she's very honest and very direct with these dudes. And she's like, no, you're correct. My report is personal and subjective. I cannot substantiate the time loss. I don't have this, I don't have that, but I have this one thing. Like she does her job. She like literally does it. If it were me, I would have like hidden the probe and like tried to figure out what I was supposed to do because I would already be in my own. You know, (laughs) drama, television show, so. (laughs) Back at Scully's place. Wait. She says the material could not be identified in her at-home lab. And she also says Agent Mulder believes we are not alone. Mm. And then she meets the, she walks by the smoking man in the hallway. She does. He's so excited. Oh, I can't wait to talk about the smoking man and his filing system. We'll get there. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, later
0: at home in bed, uh, in some mini blind angel lighting.
1: Literally, my note. More angel lighting. There's a lot of it in the episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Scully's laying in bed, and Mulder calls and says that the paperwork they filed is gone and the file on Billy Miles doesn't exist. Classic. Beep Classic. Boopy,
1: beep boopy, boop.
0: Exactly. And Scully says. They'll talk about it tomorrow, <gasps> which means they're still partners and best friends.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, Elsewhere, across town. Across town in a Pentagon warehouse.
0: Yeah. In in the Pentagon warehouse, Cigarette Smoking Man is walking through this vast storage facility. He comes to a very specific little section. Mm-hmm. and He takes the nasal cavity implant from his jacket Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and puts it into what I can only assume is a vessel that he got from the little nasal cavity objects section of the container store, (laughs) you know, because he's got a whole bunch of them. He's he's working on completing his collection. He's
1: so fucking close. He only needs one more. Yeah. Uh, also, so... I just want you to know that I refer to these as the nose files, not to be confused with the X files. Okay. <laughs> these are the nose files. This is so satisfying yeah. also. Like, I would love to be collecting small items and putting them in this, like, plexiglass sealed. Con- it's very delicious. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Very satisfying. But Yeah.
0: We see him walking out through this, like, long aisle, high shelves. Think of all the things contained uh, in this warehouse. And then he, like, leaves through a door and it closes behind him and has a map of the Pentagon on the door. And it's like, you are here. Here are the exits. This is the Pentagon. (laughs) Now, Kristen, I would like you to write down this little map of the Pentagon on this little door in your scully report laptop diary <laughs> okay just file it away scully. don't forget to save and shut down properly
1: laptop uh screen could you make a screen grab in 93 we'll just call it a uh, a drawing i'll just make a hand drawing of the pentagon got it great Perfect. um oh jenny uh, something yeah. about this scene is that like There's the X files, but Mulder has those. So these are different files. These are a different kind of file. These are extensions of the X file. They're triple X and triple X files. uh, Well, these are more like,
0: um, it seems like more artifacts Mm. and evidence and stuff. Connected to the X files. Yeah, versus, like, files in a filing cabinet. Got it. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay, so dare we, having reached the end of the episode, dare we take a little stroll mm-hmm. over to a segment that we've decided to bring forward from Buffering the Vampire Slayer into the X-Files Sexual tension
1: awards, (laughs) and this is on the ex.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Sexual tension award. If you're just joining us for the first time, we spent seven seasons of Buffy handpicking couplings, or occasionally Thrupplings or beyond from every episode. Of uh, people and or entities and or things <laughs> that we felt that there was just like a lot of, you know, crackling mm-hmm. excitement and energy. Things between. being
1: pulled towards each other just couldn't That's right. stay apart from each other.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. So we welcome you warmly to the very first installment of the X-Files Sexual Attention Awards for season one, episode one, Pilot. Here are the noms. Oh my God. I'm so excited. In slot number one. I mean, it's just right. It's just screaming off the screen, off the page. It's in your soul. It's in your blood. It's under your fingernails. (laughs) Who could be at the top of this list, but special agents Dana Scully and Fox Mulder.
1: Do they have a ship name? Like, is it Sculder? Is it Mully? I don't I don't, know. I don't like either of those, so we'll do some research and find out.
0: Oh, actually, Kristen, this is great.
1: always <clears throat> <laughs> so, you know it's because... going to be good when Jenny clears her throat like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because the ship Wow, this is so good. Because the ship was created before name combining and name smashing. <clears throat> Became popular. The ship is referred to as either Mulder slash Scully, mm-hmm. the mothership, or MSR, which stands for Mulder Scully Romance.
1: Oh, that's way better than the two smash names. So that's great. Yeah, I love it. For what it's worth, I just want everyone to know that I can research next to nothing. Because like, I could literally never Google that, what Jenny just Googled, because oh, I yeah. am attempting to stay unspoiled. Yeah, you're not allowed to Google anything. <laughs> yeah. Stay away. I won't. I promise. Except for Twin okay, so Paradox so- Theory by Einstein. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> that was cool of you to do. <laughs> All
1: right. What do you got? In
0: slot number 2 Mm-hmm. I think this might be Kristen's number one pick. It's Scully and her glasses.
1: Yeah. It would win if it was Kristen and Scully and her glasses, for sure. (laughs) In slot number three, this speaks to me. I'm a big fan of a place for everything
0: and everything in its place. Organization Mm -hmm. can, Mm -hmm. at its peak, uh, certainly imbue me with a very real sense of euphoria and Which perhaps is how Jenny this... says turn me on <laughs> perhaps, perhaps perhaps this combo enjoys the same energetic reward it's the smoking man and his filing system
1: we for love the, it for the listener at home jenny is tapping all 10 of her fingers up against each other just tap 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 and in the fourth slot, your final nom. You know that kind of attraction
0: where you simply just cannot stay away. You cannot stay away from each other, even if you know, mm-hmm. even if you know you're no it, you're no good. No yeah. good can come yeah. of this unholy union. Still you must be in one another's embrace. It's the class of
1: 89 and the woods. Are you saying that the woods is the problematic fave of the class of 1989?
0: (laughs) I guess that's what I'm saying.
1: Okay. If
0: you're new, welcome aboard. We would love for you to make your voice heard in our beautiful democracy here on the X-Files. Please cast your vote in our sexual attention awards for this episode. Find the poll via our Twitter at bufferingcast. And let us know which of these pairings or groupings has the most appeal to your true
1: heart. Welcome aboard the SS sexual tension is what I thought you were going to say. Oh, yeah, that would be good. Sexual <laughs> <laughs> Well, here we are okay. on the other side of sexual tension. Here we are.
0: We've talked about the episode. We've talked about the STAs, and now, Kristen, it's time. Mm. I must bid you mm-hmm. gaze into your crystal ball, your Kristen's ball, if you will, <laughs> and tell me <laughs> what's next. What do you think is going to happen? What do you What do you pre- What do you see ahead of us? in this season uh, or even in just the next episode, however far into the future you wish to look.
1: I imagine that will stay in the town of Belfloor, Oregon, because there's a whole mystery here. What happened Mm. to the class of 89? What happened in the woods? I'm hoping we learn a lot more about it. I have some theories that will all be wrong, but maybe they won't, you know? Every once in a while, if you throw enough things at the wall, however the saying goes, um, I think, A, that the aliens made a deal with the detective and... Who's the other guy? Oh, and the medical examiner, Nemmen, and Detective Miles. I think that they are in on something because the idea that Doctor N- Doctor Nemmen says to Teresa, "Don't tell anybody," because he wants to protect her. What if he? What if he was told like if he keeps things hush hush, that then his daughter can live. Like she won't be some into the woods but then it all blew up and that's then that was the end for Teresa. The, so I think that the aliens did some kind of deal with the detective and Okay. Okay. And then also, okay. you know how in the mafia, let's like in the Sopranos, Ad- mm-hmm. Adriana, right? She w- she was in the mafia but then the FBI said come over here and give us your secrets but just pretend that you're uh still in still with the family and then you can tell you'll be an informant right so mm-hmm. i think the smoking man is an alien but he Gav. he's i haven't figured it out okay i haven't figured it all out i just feel like there's like okay. some kind of an informant situation the smoking man is definitely not like part of the fbi he feels like Something outside of that, big time. And so I feel like okay. perhaps he's disguising himself as Have you ever seen that show, 30 Rock from the Sun? Those aliens made themselves look just like people. So,
0: 30 Rock from the Sun, yes.
1: What's it called? Third Rock, Third from, the Rock Sun. from the Sun. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. So, just to recap, 30 Rock well, from Christmas the Sun sees... was a great show where in Rockefeller Center there were aliens. Oh my God! <laughs> what well, Kristen sees
0: in her crystal ball mm-hmm. is the following: Yes, uh, we're going to be setting up camp in Belfour, Oregon, for the foreseeable future to yes. get to the bottom of this mystery. Yes, the Smoking Man is not actually a part of the FBI and is probably an alien. And also, the aliens have made a deal with the detective and the medical examiner.
1: Yeah, the people—that's what we—that's we, what
0: we've got cooking in our X Files stew right now.
1: Yep, and Scully and Mulder will continue to absolutely just adore each other. <laughs>
0: great roundup of predictions, Kristen. Thank you. Really incredible stuff. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Thank you. So I would say that the status of this X-File is closed.
1: Wow. We did. I mean, we did do it. If the X-File was about will they do a pilot episode, we did.
0: We did it. Hooray! Well... What a delight. I can't wait to do this 209 more times. No,
1: (laughs) no. You You can't. Don't look ahead. Just simply be present right here at this moment. Beautiful, friends. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And
0: when I'm not watching The X-Files or Buffy, I'm usually making music, including my latest EP, which is called It's Dangerous to Go Alone. You can hear it in all of the places, Bandcamp, Spotify, wherever you listen to music. You can give me a shout on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Jenny Owen Youngs. Anytime. Hooray.
1: Hooray. Uh, I'm Kristen Russo, and you can find me um, on socials or on my website by using my first and my middle name if you're new to the podcast, you waited for the X-Files. Well, you're about to learn that one of the biggest X-Files is, is her username Kristen Online or is it not? It is not. It is Kristen Nolene. (laughs) My middle name is Nolene, like Noel, but with an I and E. Jenny made me a jingle, so you'll all remember how to spell it.
0: Kristen with an I, N-O-E-L.
1: You can use that spelling. Uh, find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram. I am not on TikTok, though. I guess I technically am on TikTok because I follow one person, and it's Jenny Owen Young's. I don't even know what that <laughs> means as of this date. Yeah. <laughs> um, And uh, when I'm not watching Buffy or The X-Files, I am usually working with LGBTQ communities. I do a lot of speaking engagements, specifically at workplaces these days, talking about um, being good to LGBTQ folks in the workplace and also just talking about being a great parent to kids, no matter their sexuality or gender identity. You can find out more uh, on my website, KristenNolene.com.
0: Buffering a Rewatch Adventure is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at
1: BufferingCast. You can support us by, of course, leaving us an iTunes review, but it wouldn't be supportive if it wasn't a good one. You can go to our store and you can buy (laughs) some of our fun new merch. We've got uh, new X-Files merch, of course, a gorgeous enamel pin that is a little UFO and the logo tee, all of that designed by Devin Power. Um, And, of course, we are attempting in the year 2023 to go ad-free. Not an easy thing for a podcast to do these days. So if you want to support us on Patreon, we are on Patreon patreon.com slash bufferingcast you can also find everything on our website bufferingcast.com this
0: episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Latoya Ferguson with support from our consultant Mackenzie McDade it was edited by John Mark Nelson and till next time the, the pod, pod is out, out there,
1: there god (laughs) cannot wait to release the footage of us trying that 12 times to nail it What if you discovered you could move between the worlds of dreams and real life? That's the story of Dream Breachers, where Evan wakes up on his 12th birthday and realizes that something he dreamt about the night before had actually happened. With the help of his friends, a reappearing stranger, and a mysterious
0: organization called the Dream Academy, Evan will discover what it means to be a dream breacher. Dream Breachers is a high-stakes sci-fi mystery
1: adventure about the highs and lows of having all your dreams come true and is perfect for kids ages 8 to 12. If that sounds like a dream to you, you're in luck. You can listen to Dream Breachers now, wherever you get
0: your podcasts.